If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of Damsels in the DMs. Like, I love using fashion as a way to express myself. And I'm definitely not like LA trendy at all. But it's still so fun to just like wear like color and just kind of like be like, just do my own thing. I feel like myself. I feel confident. Um, and I feel like it shows to other people. I don't dress for compliments necessarily, but like, I think that it's really cool when like you're feeling yourself in an outfit and then like other people are like, oh, wow. She also like, you know, she looks amazing. Like, wow, look at her. Um, this message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the vibe? There's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them, yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Osh. And I just have to tell you guys so. While we were recording this episode, Brian has a vacuum cleaner. As you all know, I have a dog named Ernie. So the vacuum cleaner is named Bert. It's like one of the Roomba ones, you know, so that they're Bert and Ernie. And the vacuum cleaner, you know, just goes during the day. Now I have just ended my Wednesday, Friday classes. So I am typically never home during the day, but this is my first time being home for Bert's scheduled appearance. Also, I had such a crazy day today that I haven't even made my bed, which is why we're recording today's episode in the living room because I didn't want you guys to have to look at my unmade bed. So <laughs> I didn't know that Bert is scheduled to go promptly at every day at 4.45. So while we were recording this episode, I just hear Bert like starting to make his little entry oh, into the room. And I was like, what the hell is that? Because I didn't know that he just goes at the same time every day. Anyway, we shut off Bert. Um, stopped his little appearance, but uh, does Ernie not like react to Bert? You know, like try to like chase after him or bite him or he like isn't thrilled by Bert's appearance. Like he like kind of tries to avoid him and stuff. But I wouldn't say that he's scared of him. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah they're in this together. Yeah. They're like co-living, but yeah, kind of like roommates that are just like mm, whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, Bert is like really aggressive. Like he'll just run into things. Like he doesn't care. He's like a, he's like a tank. He's a big guy. So he just like goes everywhere. <laughs> I saw a video on Instagram where they had a Bert as well. Like some, this person's parents had a Bert and Bert escaped. He escaped? Through <laughs> the front door. Literally just left, goes down the driveway and says bye. <laughs> Bert would do something like that give him the opportunity he absolutely would he'll get in the elevator he'll go down say bye to the doorman and, yeah. and get on out to New York <laughs> get into the city baby he's ready <laughs> anyway Osh how are you aside from uh, vacuum cleaners I'm great my mom is here she's here for 10 days she got here on Saturday so we've just been hanging shopping cooking um, she's been meeting my friends it's been it's been really nice Wow, that's so nice of you to share your mom. Whenever my parents visit me and like you are mine and you don't get to see anybody. No, I don't share my mom. I don't. Okay, this is, I was thinking, I was like, wow, my mom hasn't really hung out with any of my friends. Yeah. Like she hasn't spent time with them. And meanwhile, my brother and uh, his friends like love my mom and they all hang out and she like knows all of them. So I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for my mom to like meet my friends and hang out with them. But usually this is why I don't share her with my friends. That's why they don't really know her. And I had Cora over um, for dinner on Sunday. Cora, for those of you who don't know, is one of my best friends. And she met, she's art, she knows my mom, but my mom like started inviting her to everything. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like your mom just started texting her? No, just like when Cora came over on Sunday, she was like, oh, come over. We have dinner plans on Tuesday. Why don't you come to dinner? She's like, okay. And then yesterday she was like, want to come over for dinner tomorrow? I was like, do you hate me? <laughs> I would be mad. I would not be happy. I was like, and then today I was like, can we just cancel and like just hang out me and you? And I rain checked on Cora and I was like, we're just me and you're going to have dinner. Because now tomorrow we're going to Huntington Beach to hang out with my cousin and then she, we're going to sleep over at her. She's going to come to mine for the weekend. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. But obviously she's going to, and I love her. But I'm like, then my time with my mom is gone. You and your 200 cousins too. So I know that's going to take up some time. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Well, today, everybody, we are talking to Alicia Tanise, who I have been following on Instagram for a long time. She just came out with a book, which is why I got the amazing idea to have her on because now we're talking about content creators, artists of all facets. So it was perfect to hear about her journey and to what she's been doing. Yeah, honestly, she also was so open about depression and mental health. So that was a really nice a change, like a nice change from totally. just like bubbly, happy, like whatever. It's like it's very real. And um, you'll see, you know, what it's like to be a content creator and face some of the things that, you know, people face um day to day with opening yourself up to social media and people's comments and stuff so it was really nice to to see a real part of someone who is an influencer and their job is to show colors and yeah. you know like everything that's colorful and lovely and bubbly but it's really cool to see a real side of influencers yeah because it's like sometimes it's the happiest people who are also suffering so yeah yeah so let's get into it let's do it well, hello, Alicia. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm a longtime fan of yours. I've been stalking you, I think, since 2020. So I'm, we're really excited to have you here. We want to hear all about how you got into influencing, how you developed being a content creator, and particularly now that you have also added author to your titles. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to chat today. Yeah. (laughs) So we were just talking because you are also an East Coast transplant in LA like myself. So what brought you to LA originally? Um, So I'm from like the DC area originally, and it was during the pandemic, I was actually in the perfect spot for the pandemic. I was in Charlottesville, Virginia, which was out like two hours outside of DC and it's like Virginia wine country and it's beautiful and it was great, but me and my boyfriend just were like, okay, this is so nice that we have this like gorgeous house for the pandemic, but like... I think we just need a change. I think we were all just going like a little stir crazy. And I had lived on the East Coast my entire life. And um, I've been wanting to move to LA for a while. Um, I actually wanted to move when I was in my 20s. But a lot of people talked me out of it because they're like, people in LA are fake and yada, yada, yada. And just like saying all these things. And I was like really scared. But then I was like, let me just try it. Because like, it moves aren't permanent. Like yeah. if I eat it, then yeah. I can just go back. And honestly, right. moving to LA has been like, one of the best decisions for my careers. Um, I really think that I kind of like took everything that I could from like the DC, Virginia area. And I kind of just like, you know, did everything I could with my blog, but the only way I could grow is if I went to a bigger market. So it was either New York or LA and both me and my boyfriend lived in New York and we're just like not New Yorkers. So uh, LA it was. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that I'm from Philly originally, but I was in LA for 10 years And um, I just moved to New York for school, but I definitely still feel like I am more of a Philly person, which I know is very controversial, but Philly, it just feels like you can own it in a way that you can never own New York. Oh my God. I love Philadelphia. Um, I actually, I, I went to school in Philly. No way. Um, So I went to Drexel and So that was like 18 year old Alicia in Philadelphia was like having a blast. Like, (laughs) oh my God, it is like the coolest city, uh, the most underrated food scene. Like the food is like next level. Wait, have you been to Fidea? (laughs) No, I haven't. Pizza spot in Fishtown and it's supposed to be the best pizza in the East Coast. And New Yorkers are going to hate that (laughs) Philly is claiming to have the best pizza in the East Coast and New Jersey. People are going to hate that too, but- Okay, so I know our <laughs> listeners are listening to this like, wow, you guys are really vibing. Now, please tell us who this woman <laughs> is. <laughs> so, Alicia, please tell us how you started your blog, how you became an influencer. I'm also like really interested how blogging has transitioned into being an influencer. So please just like walk us through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like a fossil in this industry. Um, so I actually started, it will be uh, 12 years in June. Um, and I started by accident. Um, so I, um, I was at college at the time I was at Drexel and, uh, part of uh, my college experience, you had to do, uh, an internship. And I totally thought that I was going to move to New York, uh, after I graduated and like work in the fashion industry and like be that girl. So we had six months off of school and I lived in New York for six months. And, um, I got to intern for like a really great, like American fashion designer and, uh, a really, high-end fashion PR firm and I hated it (laughs) so I was like okay I think I I was like I like fashion but like I don't think I necessarily want to work in fashion in this capacity and I kind of felt like a little devastated and and like broken down from that 
but I decided I wanted to stay in touch with the fashion industry. So I just started a blog and I started a blog about like my affordable, like forever 21 and H&M finds uh, as a college student. Cause I was super broke. Um, so that was almost 12 years ago and it was just a hobby in school. Um, this is like before the term influencer was even coined. I was like kind of embarrassed to tell my friends and family that I was doing this. <laughs> like it because it was just like not really like a like a thing at that point. But I started it and I started to just like slowly but steadily grow a following. And um it was just really, really cool. And for the longest time, um, you know, I graduated from college and then I um, I moved back to DC and I was living and like working full-time in marketing there. And I was like juggling the blog and uh, my full-time job, like hand in hand. Um, my boyfriend was my blog essentially because <laughs> I would like wake up uh, at like the crack of dawn every Saturday to like go shoot with a photographer. And like every night after work, I would like race home for events. And so like, I had no time for like anything else, but it was so much fun. And um I didn't really like pay attention to how much money I was making off of it. I was just like, this is a fun hobby. This is like so cool. Like, it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. And in November of 2016, I got interviewed by the Washington Post and they were like, would you ever do this full time? And I was like, no, like that scares me. It's crazy. And then a month after that interview, I got laid off from my full time job. Wow. Um, and uh, I wasn't really paying attention to what I you know, how much money I was making. I was like, whatever. And I went over it with an accountant and it was like, oh, okay, you're actually making like just as much as you do, like your full-time job. Um, and I was like, okay, well, like I got laid off. I have three months of severance. Uh, why don't I try this blogging thing full-time? And if I'm awful at it, then I have a letter of recommendation for my old boss and an excuse for my job gap. And, you know, I can go back to marketing and all that stuff, but I didn't have to. So yeah, that's how I just stumbled into blogging like full time. I know that blogging is kind of like an antique term <laughs> for <Yeah>. the industry. <laughs> um, like it was before Instagram and everything. Like it was just like, here's your website. <laughs> and, like that's that. And like, I think like the third year that I was blogging, like Facebook pages were really popular. Um, so it's just all like, it's, it's all like hilarious to me how the industry has like evolved over the years. Cause it's changed quite a bit in the past 12 years. But yeah. anyway, I kind of like accidentally stumbled upon this. Um, I didn't think I was going to do this full time. Um, I was like, I'm going to be a marketing professional. It's going to be great. But <laughs> yeah, that's how I just kind of like stumbled into it. And now I do it full time and I, I really couldn't ask for more. Yeah. How did you make that switch from blogging to be to Instagram and then being a, an influ like now an influencer in 2023? Yeah, um, I think it was like uh, like begr begrudgingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I I liked my website and I I you know like I started my at first when I had my Instagram, it wasn't even linked to my uh, blog for the longest time because I was like, this is just a stupid thing that I'm like taking bad pictures of my Starbucks cup, uh, sharing it with my friends, um, with like all the Instagram, like filters like <laughs> yeah. back in the day. God, um, but yeah, then, nice. um, I, I really just had to kind of like listen to like industry change. And I think that that's like the one thing about being an influencer that's like really challenging at times, you just really have to listen to industry change. So like when Facebook pages were popular, I was like, okay, I need to build my Facebook page. That's like, it, that's such a hilarious thing for me to say now. <laughs> um, and like, I like used to live tweet scandal, like back in the day. And 
like, oh, wow. I was big on Twitter and like my Twitter account actually got verified in like 2015 or something like that. It was like wow. so weird, but you just have to like, you just have to like, as an influencer, you have to adapt. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I just kind of like started looking at industry trends and I was like, okay, like people are flocking to Instagram and now people are on TikTok and I'm, I'm a little slow to catch up with TikTok because honestly I'm in my thirties now and I, you know, like <laughs> I just, I'm getting older. I'm getting older. I'm trying. I'm not as young and hip as I used to be, but I think there's an over 30 audience. I think I was scared of TikTok for the longest time because I was like, it's a bunch of dancing videos, right? I feel like I sound like like a boomer right now. But but then I realized I was like, oh no, there's like a place on TikTok for everybody. And um, admittedly, I think I spend like at least like an hour a day on TikTok. I I probably shouldn't have admitted that to the public. I'm sorry, but... (laughs) Um, it's a great platform. And so, yeah, that's basically like how I kind of fell into it. You just really have to like, look at industry trends, look at where people are going. Um, there's still value in blogging for sure. I really like it because, um, with a blog, you can, if you have like good SEO, then like people can Google search something and then stumble upon your blog. Um, and it's just nice, like organic, like traffic that comes in every single month. And it's a little more low maintenance than some Mm -hmm. of the social media platforms, because I think with social media, you have to like constantly feed the algorithm Mm -hmm. in order for it to like work your way versus the blog. It's more of like a long-term thing and people can kind of like stumble upon it years and years to come, which I, I really like. So yeah, I think you just have to like I really think that like in order to like stay relevant in this industry, you just have to like keep on top of trends. Um, And I, I, I'm happy that as a 30 something, I'm still kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I think when I first discovered you, it was because as we were talking about, we're both passionate foodies. So what did Mm -hmm. the blog first start out as like, what was the content that you were writing about and how has your content like adjusted now that you're putting it on all of these different platforms? Yeah. Um, so when I first started blogging and I think people will still give you this advice now, but I think it's awful advice. Um, people were like, stick to a niche, stick to a niche, stick to a niche. And I was like, okay. Um, so when I first started, I was, I just, I just come out of like working in fashion for six months and I just shared my like affordable fashion finds, like, cause I'd be shopping at forever 21 and H and M and just like all these stores and everything that were just like, you know, budget friendly for a 21 year old college student. Yeah. Um, and I've grown so much in the past 12 years and I think it's okay, um, as a creator to grow and just like, f- like reframe what you're interested in. Um, I, started to, I noticed that my audience was growing up with me, which is awesome. Mm. And as my audience was growing up, I started to just delve and like try more topics. Um, I just like, I didn't want to pigeonhole. I don't think anybody should ever pigeonhole themselves. And I think it's natural that like somebody who is interested in fashion, like they're getting a cute outfit so that they can go out to a cute restaurant and go get something yeah. to eat. So, yeah. and it's or and like, or like they're getting a cute outfit for a vacation. So like, I kind of just like branched off to things that were just like natural for people my age to be interested in. Um, so now it's become like, I also started dating a food photographer too in 2017, mm. 2017 and um, it'll be like six years in uh, mm. April. So um, I, have gained so much weight since dating him. And it's been amazing. 
Um, I do not need to be a size two anymore, but I've eaten some <laughs> of the best food in my life and I have no regrets. Um, so I think that just was like a big pivot for me too, just because um, he was photographing all these restaurants and I got to try them and I was like, this is amazing. I love <laughs> yeah. um, so, and also too, my, like my, my budget changed. Cause like as a 21 year old, it's like, honestly, I was eating at McDonald's like yeah. once a week, uh, which is no shade. I still love McDonald's. Like, <laughs> I still love it to my core, but yeah. now it's like, okay, cool. Like now you can try like a Michelin star restaurant and, but also have like bomb street tacos. Like, yeah. so, um, the, the, like street tacos were more so what 21 year old Alicia did, but like now 30 something Alicia can like afford to like invest in like cool places so um yeah like I think it's cool to like not pigeonhole yourself as an influencer and just think about things that like your audience might naturally be Mm. interested in and I mean honestly too sometimes like I talk about things that I was like I don't know if my audience is interested in this either like I really like Formula One uh so I watched Drive to Survive during lockdown in 2020 and I was like I'm really into this and I know this is like a very niche thing but some of my audience members like it so I think it's cool to just like I think that we're all like multifaceted people and I think it's really hard to like narrow yourself down to a niche so like all this advice like stick to one niche I'm just like I hate that advice because like everybody has different interests we're not all we're not all like one track so that's how it kind of like developed that I transitioned into other verticals other than like just fashion well I'm really curious about like a little off topic but you know how likes and follows and all of that can get to someone and really get someone burnt out from the industry how have you been able to manage to keep going and keep keep being motivated even if like let's say you didn't get enough likes or follows off of like one or two posts that you like really put a lot of effort into oh yeah um Instagram crushes my soul like on a regular basis (laughs) um the algorithm is so bad on Instagram like it's it's bad and I'm not gonna lie like sometimes I'm just like oh man like I was like (laughs) like you see the numbers going down and down because like over the past three years I'm just like what is going on like it's so crazy but um I think what really pumps me up is that it's not a reflection of me it's not a reflection of like oh my god like you know first off yeah am I gonna every is everything that I post gonna be great no but I kind of take everything as like a learning lesson. And I also have not been afraid to like reshare things to like my stories. Cause I feel like it's cool to come on stories every single day and like see your tribe and like see who is like really there and like showing up for you on a regular basis. Right. Right. Um, And thank goodness for Instagram stories, because I feel like that's like my favorite thing about the platform right now, because it fosters a little more of a sense of community and that's where you can be like a little more real and authentic and like people feel like they're like oh cool like I can dm her and you know stuff like that and um they're patient with me if I don't respond (laughs) sometimes um because I I'm very lucky enough that I have like you know about like one to two hundred dms that I get from people every single day and I'm I'm very very fortunate and thankful that I have that so when I kind of look at like the activity that's going on, like behind the scenes that like, it's not the likes, it's not the comments, it's not like the follower count. Um, it's like the fact that like, there are like a hundred to 200 people, like every single day that like care enough to like reach out to me. I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, these are like my diehards. And I think too, like somebody I was, I was, I was talking about it to somebody. I think it's like, 
a stat, like if you have like a, like, well, we're on a podcast, but if you have a podcast and you, if you have like 100 super fans, then like, that's awesome. And that's like something that you can monetize. And I feel like sometimes in the grand scheme of things in social media, I think you get caught up with numbers and everything like that, but the algorithm is going to do whatever the algorithm does. I can't control it, but for those like hundreds of people a day who were like actively engaging with me, I'm like, that's really tight. Yeah. Um, and I, sh- I show up for them. Um, and I know that there are more people who like my content who probably just like, don't see it because of the algorithm, but it's still really cool that you have like hundreds of people a day that you're engaging. And like, I, I wouldn't like, I, I don't think that that's anything to like write off. Um, so that hopefully that like puts things in pers- like that, that kind of like put things in perspective for me. And um, it gives me the motivation to keep going. So yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you, how do you gauge like how your audience changes and how your platform shifts? Like, is it through DMs? Is it through like seeing what works? Yeah. So it's a combination of both because obviously like sometimes a post will bomb and I'm like, I have to really evaluate like, why did this like not work? Um, You know, like, is this like, is it the way that I shot it? Is it like yeah. content that's like, just not interesting to my readers? Like what, what's like, it, it, like sometimes it's just like strictly the algorithm and I can't like beat myself up about that. But I think it's important to just like listen to, you know, your feedback that you're getting and like also just like look and see numbers wise how posts are doing I got a lot of requests because I have this um I I don't know I have the series that's a little bit on pause because I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with it but I have this wine Wednesday series Mm -hmm. and it's a fun series I just kind of break down wine and make it more attainable for millennials and I still want to keep it up however I got a lot of feedback uh from a lot of people you know, being like, oh my God, I love this series so much, but I'm just not drinking right now for whatever reason. Or like January or January. And then also just like, you know, people get pregnant or like people just like want to take, like they're sober curious. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's totally fine. And I like, I want to support you. So in January I was like, okay, well, like, why don't I just like try non-alcoholic wines and like, could that way it's still like wine content, but it doesn't have alcohol in it. So anybody who's like not drinking can appreciate it. And it was a really cool, like thing that like, I I really liked how it turned out. Uh, My audience was super engaged with it and Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, like that kind of signaled to me. I was like, I don't know whether I need to do Wine Wednesday like every Wednesday. I think there was like a point in time where it was, you know, cool to do every Wednesday. And I still want that to be a major vertical, but I don't know if it necessarily needs to be like every Wednesday. And like, how can I reimagine this? And like, how can I like rework it? Um, so I think it's just kind of like important to like listen to people. And again, I'm not like quitting it cold turkey, but you know, yeah. that, that's just like one instance of like, where I'm kind of getting it from. Also too, I think I kind of like got caught up because I do this full time. Um, and I feel like I'm either in like loungewear or like a maxi dress. <laughs> and like there's like not a lot of in between in my closet. And then it was just kind of like, okay, girly, you need to like take a step back and like have like casual outfits and like, you know, just things like that. So I I, I try to like, you know, listen to people because I think sometimes like especially being a creator full-time I'm not saying that you just aren't like connected to like real life necessarily but I think in terms I think like creatively and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like 
thinking creatively isn't like practical for everybody yeah. involved. So um, I think that sometimes you just have to take a step back and be like, okay, like you might have a cool idea, but like, how is it going to relate to your audience and how can yeah. you serve your audience? No, it's so true. And I love that you say this because I think that you are very relatable. And that's one of the things that I love about your content, but like with other influencers who sometimes like, I think are misreading their audience. I will be like laughing at them because they'll share a post and they'll have like their Bottega bag and they'll be like, this is my outfit to go pick up the kids in. And like, not that I have kids, but like, I would imagine I'd have like a diaper bag, you know, some toys, like maybe the iPad, like some what snacks. Are the snacks. Yeah. And I don't think that I'm wearing a Bottega bag. I think I'm wearing something mm-hmm. that's like, a hoodie, leggings, like things that are getting me from place to place to place, you know? Um, so I think that sometimes it's like, come on guys, like read the room. Like nobody is bringing their books <laughs> and their white jeans to kids pick up. <laughs> no, like one thing that I've gotten like super into lately, I love my designer bags. Like I, me I'm too. like a handbag bag fiend. Yeah. But one thing I've like, I've, I've developed like a little bit of a Lululemon belt bag collection because sometimes I live in downtown LA and I live within walking distance of so many things, but I'm like, sometimes I just don't want to carry a $5,000 bag when I'm going to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, what do you, <laughs> It's not always practical. Like, I'm just like, okay, here's like my $38, like, lemon <laughs> belt bag that, like, because what do I need to go to the grocery store? My phone keys, wallet. Like, yeah. I don't. That's it. You don't need a big bag. No. That. And also reusable bags because California. But, right. like, <laughs> right. like, that's it. Like, you know, yeah, I think, I think there has to be like, I think it's easy to get disconnected from reality. <laughs> sometimes when you do this full time but I think it's you really do have to like humble yourself um (laughs) and you really have to like think about like okay when I was like working a nine-to-five like what what were the things that I needed outfits for like I needed an outfits for my job I needed outfits for like the weekend like running errands things like that like you know what I'm saying like you have to like move into those three things um and I like to have fun and like play around with photo shoots and do like a grand maxi dress flipping up in the air moment but people like I I I had a humbling moment because I was just in a store in the holidays and this woman asked me she was like you look amazing but where are you gonna wear this (laughs) and I was like I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, life. <laughs> like, I was like, sometimes you need like a tool pink dress. Like, I was like, and I was like, okay, like let's let's dial it back a little bit, Alicia. I still bought it because <laughs> who but... was it? The person who was working there, or was some random person? Oh, it was a random person. It was a random person. Um, and I was like, I was like, that's a good, that's a good question. Like I saw you were at the Goop event and like, I do think cause Ash and I are both actors. Like there's a lot of like in this career, like networking events or like red yeah. carpet moments, you know, like I got a rent the runway subscription because I was buying mm-hmm. too many like one-off items that I wasn't re-wearing. So I don't know. I do think that like, there are reasons for the maxi dress. Definitely. Yeah. 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 There's a reason, but like, sometimes I'm just like, okay, like the maxi dresses are great and we're, we're never going to let those die. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, like maybe just like show your favorite jeans. Cause people wear yeah. jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone wears jeans. Yeah. Everyone, everyone. So I want to talk about your book what made you decide to write it what inspired you and yeah what share share a little bit about your creative process of writing it as well so my book is like I feel like one of the best things to come out of 2020 in lockdown um because before I was 
like locked down. I was getting really heavy into travel blogging. Like 2019 was like my biggest, and like, obviously like, I think 2022 now has superseded that, but like to date, 2020, 2019 was like my biggest travel blogging year. And I just like, was not in one place. And I was like going all like, you know, just like doing the most. And then lockdown happens. And um, I was in the lovely town of Charlottesville, Virginia. It's like in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I was honestly so excited to be home that fall because I was like, oh my God, like I'm not like traveling. Like I was just like, this is actually kind of great because I can like go apple picking safely because it's like an outdoor activity and like go leaf peeping. And I was like, this is like amazing. And I just like went full in that fall. Like I was like, oh, I'm home. Like, I was like, I'm going to do all the fall things. Um, so, and, and for those of you who are listening, my book is a fall themed lifestyle guide. Um, so I just kind of like went all out, um, and just was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be like that girl during the fall. Cause it's a magical season. Okay. Like don't take this away from me. (laughs) I started just getting like way more into the fall content and I got really, really lucky. Um, I, I don't know if this journey is typical for people, but because I blog, because like I actually seen you know, saw the website and was like writing on my fall theme to like, you know, uh-huh. articles and everything. A publisher actually found me and was probably like, this girl is insane. Uh, she loves fall, but we love that for her. <laughs> um, so they uh, reached out and they had this concept in development and they were like, we have this fall themed book uh, that we're hoping to launch. I still had to like quote unquote, like apply. So Mm -hmm. I still had to send like a pretty lengthy proposal and like sample articles and everything like that. But I ended up getting that bid and I got to work with Chronicle Books. They were such a great publisher. I never thought that I'd write a book, which I like, it's so crazy that this book kind of stemmed from the blog, which is like so awesome. Really the sky's the limit in this industry. But yeah, I got to partner with them on that. I was super excited. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm living like my best basic girl life <laughs> is amazing. So yeah, we, uh, it took about like two years from, uh, when we signed the contract to when it published, uh, to release, uh, in 2022, but yeah, I'm just thankful again. I'm just thankful for my time home in 2020. I know that like, obviously a lot of things happened in 2020 that weren't great, but just having the opportunity to slow down and just really appreciate everything that, my town had to offer, even though that I couldn't leave uh, and like travel that much, it it really just opened another opportunity for me. So yeah, um, if you love fall as much as I do, go check it out. It has like recipes and DIYs and entertaining tips. And it's like pumpkin spice in a book. It's oh I'm looking at it right now. It's like, it's, it's giving me cozy. <laughs> Wait, can we see on the cover? Yes. It's like, I'm like, I didn't even plan for this to be next to me. <laughs> like, I just have I thought you were gonna get up and go get it. You're like, <laughs> no, it's like it's literally next to me on my uh, but yeah, this so is my cute. child. Yeah, it's 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 great. I, I still have like a stack of them actually on my desk because as an author, you get like a bunch of like, you know, just copies and stuff as part of your contract. So um, sometimes when I say thank yous to brands, which um, if you are an influencer or like an aspiring influencer, say, say thank you to brands. If you have a really good collaboration, say thank you. I just like to send my book out to brands that I really enjoyed working with. Um, so that's why I just always have like a stack on my desk just so that I can like have it ready to go whenever I'm like, oh, cool. Like I worked with so-and-so and I want to just like say thank you and just show some love. And do you have any further plans like in the future to write more books? 
Right. So as of right now, not solid plans, but I'm super like, I'm super happy with the book sales. Uh, the publisher was really happy with the book sales. Um, you know, like can't roll out like a second book. Um, I will say it was like the most challenging thing that I've ever done in my career. <laughs> if I did write a second book or like even develop like a concept for a second book, I would need to like fully take off from blogging. I also was like a total idiot. And I was like, writing this book and moving across the country at the same time, um, 10 out of 10, I would not recommend. So <laughs> I think I'm like still a little scarred from that, like poor planning of life, but it all ended up working out. I, I have a gorgeous LA apartment. I'm here. I'm settled. The book is out, but yeah, just, um, if you ever write a book, please just don't plan on doing anything else for like a solid three months. Cause like it's, it's a process. It's a process. So yeah, I think I just need to like have a come to Jesus moment and just really look and see like what my schedule is going to be like. Cause now like travels started to pick up for me again, which I love, but I would have to like dial it back on that front for sure to yeah. like make it work. You talked on Instagram a little bit about how only 5% of authors are black. What do you think that like our listeners and general people can do to start seeing more content from black authors? I would look in your community. I didn't even realize this, but LA has multiple bookstores that are owned and operated by uh, BIPOC folks. And um, there was a new bookstore that opened up in Pasadena called Octavia's Bookshelf. And it's actually like an entire bookstore that spotlights BIPOC authors, which is wow. awesome. Primarily, most of them are Black, but I there were like definitely some titles by Latin uh, authors and um, other people of color, which I really appreciated. I just went into the bookstore and I just like asked, like, I was just like, hey, like, um, I'm seeing all these titles and like, can you just tell me like, what are your favorites? Um, I love book recommendations from other people. Also, too, if your local bookstore isn't carrying anything, I learned this as an author, but um, if there's a book that's published by, you know, like any sort of publishing company, and as long as it's not self-published, it's really easy for the bookstores to get a hold hmm. of the books. So if you see, and, and I love supporting local bookstores too. Uh, don't get me wrong. I know people like will prefer to shop on Amazon and things like that, but I think it's so cool when you can just like go to a bookshop and support the community. I'm still traumatized by borders closing. I know it was a big bookstore, but like, no, I just want like, bookstores yes. to stay open. <laughs> It's so um, sad. I spent hours in Borders growing up. I love Borders. I yeah. love Borders. Like, I'm just like, oh, like, Borders, I, I, I mean, respect to Barnes & Noble, though, but like, it yeah. It's not the same as Borders. No, Borders was great. So, like, that's why borders. you didn't, I didn't grow up here, though, so it could have been before I moved here. Um, I was, Borders, I, so I had Borders, like, in D.C., like in, in like in the Philly. DC suburbs. Okay. So maybe it was an, an East coast thing too. Maybe it was just like an East coast thing. I feel like it um, was national. Which I don't it. know. Like, I'm just like, please, like whoever's listening, please let us know if you had a bring it back. <laughs> I might actually just like pull my, my, my audience on stories. Like, did you guys have borders? Cause yeah. like borders was please, like, please <laughs> tag us. Do a, yeah. Do a little, do a question thing and, and let us know. Cause I've never heard of it, but also Speaking of bookstores, have you been to Reparations? I think it's in Culver's. Yes, yes. Reparations is so nice. Yeah, oh my yeah. Gosh. It's, it's it's one of my favorites. But yeah, like honestly, if you um if you research and like find a title by a BIPOC author um and you want to support and your local bookstore maybe just doesn't happen to have it, ask them to order it for you, and they totally will. And the cool thing is, is like you know they 
sometimes they'll only order one, but sometimes they might order like a case of books. Um, and then it's on the shelves and then other people from the community can find that book. And it's like, you know, kind of like a whole thing. Cause I told my, I, I, I didn't even realize that was like a thing that bookstores can do, but it's like very, you, you can return the, like, if you order books from a publisher, you can return them like, and get your money back if they don't wow. sell. So it's like not really like a huge risk to a bookstore to like, just place the order for the books. So Wow. So first of all, Borders was a national chain, just so everyone knows. It was based <laughs> in Michigan. Just want to let the record show. And now I have kind of a silly question for you. And, you know, I'm a little disappointed that you're wearing gray today because you talk on your Instagram <laughs> about how you love wearing color. So I was ready for you to be wearing color. Yeah. What is this thing with you in color? And then why are you wearing gray today? <laughs> why am I wearing gray today? <laughs> I you're think, lying honestly, to me. Lie to your followers. I'm, I'm a fraud. I am a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, I think this weather in LA is getting to me. Like, I don't know what is happening. Like, it's been so cold. I would like a refund from the state of California. I did not move here for this. Um, so I think honestly, like this this choice is just reflecting my mood. Okay. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I do have a friend coming over uh, tomorrow and actually staying at my apartment. So I was like cleaning before this call and okay. like just kind of like doing admin work. It's like not glamorous. But I normally, <laughs> normally, normally, I love color. Um, Number one, just as a black woman, color looks great on me. It's just a selfish region. Like color just looks <laughs> great on me. Um, it's so fun to just like put on. I just it's. I think it's hilarious because like I'll wear like orange, and people are like, "Oh my god, that's your color!" And then I'll wear pink, and then people are like, "Oh my god, that's your color!" And I'm like, I think all of the colors are my color. Okay, <laughs> like it's me being a little selfish, but also too, it's like it's so fun just to like. I love using fashion as a way to express myself. And I'm definitely not like LA trendy at all, but it's still so fun to just like wear like color and just kind of like be like, just do my own thing. I feel like myself, I feel confident. Um, and I feel like it shows to other people. I don't dress for compliments necessarily, but like, I think that it's really cool when like you're feeling yourself in an outfit and then like other people are like, oh, wow. She also like, you know, she looks amazing. Like, yeah. wow, look at her. Please don't dress just for the sake of compliments. But like, if you are wearing something and you're like feeling it, like by all means, go for it. Also, I got diagnosed with a major depression in 2020, mm -hmm. uh, March of 2020. I started antidepressants like the week that everything shut down. It was awful. <laughs> um, I truly was like, what is going on? Um, but I feel like color is a fun way just to like lift up my spirits. And honestly, the last day that I like wore an all black outfit from head to toe was like, the day that Trump got elected to office. So I'm um, like, that's just like, a, that's just like a morning. <laughs> it's like a morning color for me. And I just don't yeah. want to be like morning. Like I, I, I want to, I want to have fun. I want to live. I want to have life. So yeah, I just kind of associate color with like fun and just like a fun way to just like express my personal style. And it also just like, it makes me happy. So um, I always try to tell people like wear whatever makes you happy. Um, I know that I have a very distinct and specific style and like, it's not going to be everybody's tea. Just like whatever, wear whatever makes you happy. And if you feel uncomfortable in a color, like please, for the love of God, like don't wear it. But yeah. Also, maybe try to have fun with it. It could be your thing. Who knows? What are, your, what are some of your favorite clothing brands? I love Farm Rio. I thought I, it's, oh, Farm Rio I is like, like my yeah. favorite. 
Um, it's so funny because I had this like troll in my DMs, like, like repeatedly message me saying like, you look terrible in this. And I'm like, I don't, but like, <laughs> like, you know, thank you. Like, um, but yeah, Farm Rio, um, Farm Rio is this really cool Brazilian brand and they've been gaining uh, a little bit more national, uh, popularity in the U S over the years. And, they just the cuts of their clothes it fits me so well I'm a curvy girl I'm a size 10 and like in that mid-range sizing like it, it gets really weird and murky mm-hmm. like I I'm, I'm not plus size but I'm also not like a straight size so sometimes like brands just really miss the mark in terms of like being able to like create a garment for somebody who's like a size 10 right versus like Farm Rio I don't know how they do it but like everything that I put on my body from them pretty much is like gold. So that's my favorite one. And I also really like Cezanne. There's this really cool French brand. And um, again, they're like picking up uh, more popularity in the United States, but I really love them because they're sustainable and they're really fun. And I think everybody can find something from Cezanne. They do like a really, like a lot of really cool neutrals, but they also aren't afraid to have fun with color too. So if you could like line up what your perfect career would look like? Like what would be some of the next steps that you would see happening? Yeah. Um, oh my God, this is going to sound so typical LA, but this is something that I did not expect when I moved to LA. Um, and it just kind of like happened. I randomly had people reach out to me for like hosting gigs. Um, mm-hmm. and I've done a couple hosting gigs and just like on camera work. And that's like super, that was just super exciting to me. And I was like, I'd love to like take improv classes and get a little bit better at, uh, the whole hosting bit. I love influencing, but you know, algorithms can get you down. It's still really cool to have a community to like lean back on. But um, I think with the book and like these hosting gigs, I think I would like to take on more projects that are outside of the traditional influencer sphere. I've also just been doing this for 12 years. So I'm just starting to get like a little like antsy and I'm just kind of like, okay, like what's next? (laughs) Um, Because I think it's hard for anybody to commit to a job for like 12 years. I definitely don't want to like start on a second book now, but like, I would love for that to be in my future at some point. Just, uh, I think also like, I'm hoping to do like more YouTube stuff because I, the long form video scared me for a really long time, but I talk a lot clearly. So I think I'd be good at it. Ash, I'm going to let you ask your very favorite question. Yes, my favorite question, which we've been asking everyone, um, because we want to know what kind of makes you who you are. And that starts with the morning. So what is, do you have a morning routine? What is your morning morning routine that helps you be a successful blogger influencer? I think it's so funny because a lot of people, and I have a total respect for it. They're like, I wake up and I meditate (laughs) like that. And I'm, I I just don't, I'm sorry. I I, I wish I was one of those people, but I I don't. Hash slash healthy habits. Healthy habits. Yeah. Healthy healthy habits. Um, so one thing, I don't know why this is so luxurious to me, but a hot water with lemon. It just feels like luxury. I put mint in it sometimes too. It just feels like spa water. Mm-hmm. So like, I love starting off my day with that before I have coffee because I, I need a coffee, but like before I have coffee, I'm like, let me just like nourish my body. I'm in LA. I'm in a desert. I'm probably dehydrated anyway. Like, please probably. just get this yeah. water in you. Um, so it's just like a really fun way to start it off. And honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. And I think this falls into health hundred percent. I start my day off with a little dance party. 
just cute. I just I put on like whatever I'm feeling for the last like I swear probably like six seven months um Beyonce's Renaissance is just such a fun album and it just like it gets me going um and I have not gotten tired of it I probably we should probably (laughs) look into that uh we should probably unpack that but um haven't gotten tired of it um it's just like such a fun way to start the day and I used to dance growing up I was in like competitive dance and everything like that. So moving my body like that is just like always just like really fun. And it's just like whatever stress I'm feeling, it just like, it just goes away. So hot water with lemon and a dance party. Even when you're sad, you dance in the morning? So the cool thing about dancing growing up is like, I had to go to the dance studio no matter what mood I was in, no matter if I was happy, no matter if I was sad, angry. And the cool thing about dance and like moving your body like that is just like, you can, there's a dance for every, everything, right? Like, um, it's just one of the coolest ways to like express yourself. I had to learn through my dance training too. Like not every dance is like a happy dance. Um, sometimes it's a sad dance. Sometimes it's a morning dance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love like, just like choreographing things in my head. And like, I will never post any of these to TikTok, by the way. I'm just like, I, I just, I, I just don't I do that. Know. But, like, <laughs> um, like during 2020 for me, actually, like during um, the like George Floyd riots, I actually like, you know, choreograph kind of like sad ballet pieces in my head, just to, like cope with like that morning and everything. So I dance when I'm happy. I dance when I'm sad. It's like, wow it's always been a consistent. And I think it's just because like, I had to go to the dance studio every day growing up, whether it didn't matter what mood I was in. And just to be clear, are you getting up after your boyfriend or is your boyfriend (laughs) like pillow over his head? Like, please stop. (laughs) I get up before him. So, um, I use these things called Bose sleep buds, um, because I'm, I live in downtown LA and I'm a little, like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a light sleeper. So like, there's sirens and like people honking horns and everything like that at any given time. I also live like kind of close to um, the Staples Center, which yeah. is also known now as Crypto.com Arena. And I hate that name. Um, so there's always like some sort of noise and outside of my apartment at any given moment. So I sleep with these sleep buds in and it has an alarm. So like my alarm is always before his. So yes, I get up before him and I just like, I come out to the living room and I just like, I, I just like do it up <laughs> by myself. Wow. He does not have to witness that. Um, but yeah, this is probably like one of the more embarrassing things I'll admit on. Like, I love there. it. But, like, yeah. <laughs> because my boyfriend has a speaker in the shower and like I'll be asleep and I can hear the damn speaker in the shower. <laughs> like, you're not, you know, and nobody is being immune from this. Everybody hears you. Oh. Oh God, no. I love my AirPods. Like I, I love my AirPods. Yeah, no. And like, honestly, sometimes I'm up at like seven 30 and I think my neighbors would like, uh, my apartment's like newer. So like the soundproofing is pretty good, but like, honestly, the idea of like my neighbors hearing like break my soul at like 7 15 a.m. Like let's, let's spare them, please. (laughs) Sleep buds. That's a good idea. (laughs) I love, I love the AirPods. The AirPods, AirPods, like, Yeah, my AirPods like charge right next to my bed too because I have like one of those like things that charges like your phone, AirPods, and your Apple Watch like all in one. So like it's just really easy for me to be like, okay, cool, like grabbing the AirPods and going, bye. (laughs) So I feel like you'll have a really good answer for our initial DM question because you get so many of them, but (laughs) please tell us what the funniest, wildest, most intriguing or inspirational DM that you have ever gotten is. The most inspirational, 
I get a lot of inspiring stuff every single day. Mm -hmm. It's really cool because like, I'm pretty open with like, if I have a bad depression day. Um, and it's really awesome that people, you can connect with people. Like you're never the only, like you're never really the only person going through something. Right. This just like gave me a whole thing, but somebody said, you know, like somebody just told me like grief comes in waves. And I just thought it was like, one of the most beautiful things because grief isn't like necessarily linear. Um, and it kind of showed that like, it's okay. It was just like a nice reminder that it's okay to like not be okay. Um, and you really just have to like take things one step at a time. And I just, I'm always thankful that my, my, the people who follow me, like are always like willing to give me grace. Cause I know sometimes like I can sort of show up. Sometimes I can't show up, uh, really it, it, it's a nice, it's, it's been a really awesome like space for wellness. And I'm just really thankful for this like awesome community that I was, I was, I was given, like, honestly, it's, it's, it's been awesome. I love that. Okay. We're going to get into the DM of the week question and our DM of the week asks, what's the hardest part of sharing your life on social media? Um, I think the hardest part is that some people feel entitled to every single thing about social media. It was really interesting because I went home for the holidays and I hadn't been able to go home in like a year and a half to the East coast. And my family doesn't like to be on social media, um, like, or they're okay with it, but they're like, Oh, like, you know, it's just kind of like, you don't want to like put them on blast. Right. Because like they didn't sign up for this career. I did. Um, and even my boyfriend too, he doesn't uh, necessarily love being like, I have to ask him. That's why mm-hmm. I joke. Like we have like five pictures a year that we post together. <laughs> um, Cause I have to ask him, but like people feel entitled to like every part of your life. And you really just have to set a boundary and be like, okay, like, you know, I, I hang out with my friends a lot and I don't post them on social media. Like I don't post everything that I do to be like, oh my God, I had so much fun. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then people will like, sometimes people will assume like, oh, she like, she went to a concert and she didn't like post about it. And she's like, yeah, I didn't have to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I went to a concert and like, God forbid, I, I was so into it that I didn't take out my phone or like, who wants to see like 70 million bad concert clips from my story? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's just like drawing the boundaries and like, just saying like, I can share this much of my life, but like, then that's it. Um, some people will get it and some people don't. And, you know, some people unfollow because of boundaries that you set and it's Mm. fine. I'm like, that's, that's totally fine. But yeah, not everybody is owed everything. Um, and especially too, I've been, I've become a lot more protective about sharing my friends and family. So if, if you're like my friend who's listening to this and you're wondering why I've never posted you on my story, it's just cause like, you know, I don't want to like put you on blast with a bad photo. And then you're like, Alicia, why did you do this? I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather just like, and, and I also just, I don't know, like I, I, I like to have my phone down when I hang out with my friends um it's it's so interesting that I feel like people feel the need to like broadcast like every single thing that they do on social and like you really know um so yeah um I think setting boundaries as an influencer is important and especially like valuing what the people in your life like their boundaries as well because like that's why I just don't post my family either my parents also work in the government like respectfully so that's probably (laughs) another reason why they're like please don't I'm like okay I got you (laughs) you don't want to be in my dancing tiktok (laughs) like what (laughs) 
It's like, I have like permitted photos like that I can post once a year. So like if it's Mother's Day and you've seen the same Mother's Day photo for the past seven years, no, you didn't. <laughs> Those are my approved photos. <laughs> it's like, you you really do. And I, I, I hope that people can also like take that to heart too. Like some people might not want to be on your social media. So like really just like, it, it, like just, you know, just think about it before you post other people. Um obviously please like you know share your joyous moments and things like that but I think like consent is pretty cool yeah what a great way to end on well thank you so much for being here Alicia it was so lovely hearing your story about your book and how you got into blogging where can everybody find you to follow you and then also to buy the book yeah absolutely um so I am Alicia Tanise on social like everywhere um even on TikTok (laughs) um And um, my website is aliciatanise.com. Tanise is spelled like Denise, but with a T instead of a D. Um, You can thank my parents for that creative spelling. (laughs) You can also buy my book at anywhere books that are sold. Um, So it's on Amazon, it's at Barnes and Noble, Target. Um, But also if you wanna support your local bookstores, just pop in and if they don't have it, then they can order it for you. All right, everybody. Well, it's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Please continue to send us your DM of the week questions. We'll post who our upcoming guests are, and we'd love to hear what you'd like to know from them. And please like, subscribe, review, engage with us on any platform, social media. We want we want to know what you guys think of the podcast. Honestly, it's so helpful to hear from you guys. And we love staying connected to you. It's you're our family, you're our friends. So it's really without you we won't have a podcast so it is really cool to to be connected with you guys so keep writing to us yeah and rating and reviewing please we love that um on apple and spotify because it allows us to keep making content so support content creators all right well thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of damsels in the dms until next time it's going down in the dms bye dms dms we don't need them we just leave them please yeah It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.